Welcome to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. Our program is designed to offer solutions to those individuals with exceptional needs, plus families, professionals, and educators. Dr. Sean and his guests will share ideas that you can begin using immediately in order to promote a harmonious relationship and move forward. Now, here is your host, Dr. Sean Surface. Well, good morning, Voice America listeners. So very happy to have you with us today. We are uh, excited today to have a guest on our show, uh, Ms. Gail Noble. She's got a lifelong connection to autism, and we'll be discussing her new book and her life a little bit later in the show. You know, over the last, oh, several weeks, we've been discussing uh, acceptance and commitment therapy as a way of working through life's challenges, but also, you know, remembering life's successes and not so often stressing our failures or our challenges as are the only things that are occurring in our lives. We have done many different shows talking about different ways to support yourself, and a lot of it comes down to resiliency and how we uh, you know, just kind of attempt to get through this world. We have talked about psychological flexibility and the importance of psychological flexibility in regards to how you get by and how you can deal with the, 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 the things that come into our lives. We so often emphasize those challenges that we do miss out on the successes that we see. I recently was talking with a mom that uh, went for her annual evaluation with her child and it was determined at that annual eval that there were not a lot of uh, not a lot of progress had gone on in the last year and that was very disheartening to her um, and all she could focus on was the fact that her kiddo had not done well uh, had not made the progress that she wanted. Any parent wants their kid progressing. He was didn't show it. And one of the things that we discussed was, well, the evaluation that took place is very temporal. It's what goes on in that room at that time. And there's so many things that go on throughout the year, go on, throughout each day that to measure one temporal thing and say no progress has been made is pretty pretty heavy duty when more than likely there's probably a lot of progress that has been made and you have to look for it in different areas where maybe attention was more fleeting before it's less fleeting now Maybe there's more laughter that occurs. Maybe there's more interactions. But when we hear from the quote-unquote specialist that your kiddo's not doing any better, then that's all you can focus on. 
That's all your brain will think about is what you didn't do. And that gets us into that cognitive fusion that we've been talking about where our heads get so stuck on a certain idea or in a certain thought that we truly are not able to, to, to not only not able to function, but not able to move through those thoughts and we stick on them and it kills our motivation. It kills our ability to make progress. So when we had Julie Shaw on several months back, we talked about resiliency and we talked about what are some of the ways that you can boost your resiliency. It does seem that some people are born with more resiliency than others, uh, but I think that that also has a lot to do with your upbringing and, and, and attachment. And when we talk about attachment theory, we know that kids who attach to their parents well grow up to deal with problems well, and kids that have poor attachments to parents for various reasons grow up to be more anxious and have more difficulty. So one of the things that Julie had spoke about was, you know, pump up your positivity. You know, they found that on a, in a daily repertoire of emotions of people who are highly resilient, it's remarkably different from those who aren't because they have a good sense of positivity. Resilient people are characterized by an ability to experience both negative and positive emotions, even in difficult or painful situations. They mourn losses and endure frustrations, but they also find redeeming potential or value in most challenges. This means that for every heart-wrenching negative emotional experience you endure, you'll have to experience at least three heartfelt positive emotional experiences that lift you up. Three to one appears to be the tipping point, predicting whether people languish or flourish. Now, one of the things that we were talking about in regards to uh, uh, acceptance and commitment therapy was you have to, one of the things to do to find peace is to surrender to your issue. So if you want to find peace and positivity, well, two things may need to occur. One, you have to want it. You actually want, need to want to move away from that feeling of being the hard done upon person, move from that negativity and move back into a positive existence for yourself. Allow yourself that because a lot of times we're afraid that if we drop our negative person, we drop our, that hard done upon personality, we're not going to get any support anymore. Nobody's going to care about us. Nobody's going to think about us. And it's for one, that's usually not the case. People do care when you're feeling unhappy, when you're feeling uh, like you need support. But after a while, people, you know, it's hard to continue to give that to you all the time. So you have to try and find it in yourself. And how do you find it in yourself? Well, the first thing is, is surrender to the idea that you do have feelings of, of maybe low worth or, or anxiousness. And, you, you know, you're scared for a reason. You're scared that you're not going to be successful. You're scared that you're going to be judged. You're scared that, you know, you're not going to uh, 
uh, do as well as you wanted to. The mom that I was speaking of, what is she actually upset about? More than likely, she's upset about being judged, judged by others because their maybe their kids made progress, and 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 she has to say that her kid didn't make progress. And so that's a judgment issue and feeling like you're going to be judged, feeling like you're going to uh, 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 have somebody tell you you're a bad parent. That's the worst feeling of all. So rather than, you know, looking at that, you might start feeling sorry for yourself in hopes that others will feel sorry for you. And it becomes this cycle of attempting to do things to get away from people's judgment or to appease people's judgment. It's a hard life to live. Finding something positive in your life, finding something that is uh, going in the direction that you wanted to, is going to help your resiliency by tenfold. Another issue in regards to resiliency is this idea of, of learning opportunities. You know, we have difficult challenges that come up. We go through problems. We go through different issues. But usually, you come out alive. And when you come out alive from it, did you learn something from it? Were you able to understand the problem solving that you went through or do you, you know, really just focus on the pain? So that's something to think about. Every situation you go through is a learning experience and allow yourself to be the student. Stop being the expert. It's like you, you're not the expert on everything in the world and, and when you have problems that come up, you may not be able to solve them. Be kind to yourself. By the way, that's the third area of resiliency, kindness. Open up your heart. Being of service to others and, and, and acts of kindness boosts serotonin. Makes you feel good. Do some things that allow you to take care of yourself. Do one thing a day that's just for you and about you, especially as a mom. You know, uh, I've been doing this work for more than 30 years and 90% of my time has been spent with moms. In fact, I had a, a, a group that we ran for like two and a half, three, almost three years. And it was moms, moms at various times in their child's development. And they were all moms living with children with autism. And really, the moms that were brand new to it were, you know, scared, nervous, felt, feeling judged all the time. And the moms that had kids in their 20s or older, they had been through it. They had learned how to create routines for themselves that not only took care of their kid, but took care of themselves also. And that allowed them to return to a loving relationship with their child rather than always feeling like they um, 
were the therapist or the uh, the uh, the doctor or the specialist. So I want to read something. It's a uh, oh, I, you know what? Realizing right now that. I don't actually have the time to do what I just wanted to do. So let me finish up a different thought. When we, to continue the talk about or the the issue of resiliency, yeah, I remember mom coming in to discuss, you know, a pretty challenging issue she was having with her kiddo. And she was bruised. And I could see bruises on her face from being hit. And... She was talking with me, and what I really realized was that she just needed some time for herself. She needed time to just be able to take care of herself and and to accept that as something that was deserving and 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 good for her. And so I had this like deal with the nail salon down the street that if I sent a mom down there, they were to like totally take care of her and uh, and, and and make her a queen of the day because these moms are working so hard all the time. So, resiliency. We will be back in a couple of minutes. We'll bring Gail on to talk with us and, and discuss her work as a mom and author and, and life coach. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be. And our goal is to assist your family in having a supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to seansurface at totalprograms.org. Now, back to this week's show. Well, welcome back, and I hope you've had a chance to get yourself a cup of coffee and, and settle down for the next part of our show. I'd like to read a, a, a poem, Lemonade. A child with autism, when you tell people they seem sad, a momentary gaze of pity crosses their face, beyond compassion, sympathy perhaps. Life gave you a lemon, say their eyes. He's so handsome, though. 
a lemon, something to deal with, an obstacle to happiness and a good life, something to reframe, put a new lens on the glasses from which you gaze out into your world, make the best of it. If you can, squeeze that lemon, add sugar, make lemonade. The only way to make it okay. But what if the lemonness of autism is not real, but made of thought? And our experience does not come from our child, his behavior, his autism, but, our, but from lemony thoughts. They create our lemony experience. What if we have the ability to allow the energy of thought to flow through, knowing there's something new that will come along, something sweeter at any moment in time? That's a poem by Gail Noble, and we're really happy to have Gail on the show today. Gail has a lifelong connection to autism through her brother and her son. Um, She's holds a bachelor's degree in special education and is a certified transformative life coach, a writer and an inspirational speaker, and a special needs parent mentor. Gail is co-author of It's All About Attitude, Loving and Living Well with Autism, which was came out in 2006. She's also the author of Breathe, 52 Oxygen-Rich Tools for Loving and Living Well with Autism, which came out in 2010. Her newest book, Space of Love, Understanding the Power of Thought and Wisdom in Living with Autism, is her deepest work yet and includes insights she has gained in life coaching and working personally with coaches and clients. Gail is considered an expert in raising special needs child and autism spectrum disorders. Her autism books have helped many parents as well as people wanting inspiration in their journey with other life challenges. Gail directed a very intensive in-home therapy program for 11 years for her son, Kyle. She then began to write to inspire and support others in parenting their special needs child. She resides in Phoenix, Arizona with her family. And you can find her at gailnoble.com where she regularly creates a blog and a post. And on our Facebook page are all of her social media sites. So welcome, Gail, this morning to to our show. Thanks so much, Sean. I'm really happy to be here. You know, the... The, the, the concept that you talk about after the well, well, with the lemonade about it being in your thoughts and ties right into what we have been discussing for, well, for months on the show in regards to being able to see things in a different way. So kind of tell me what, what, tell me a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your newest book. Mm, well, I mean, about myself, you pretty much summed it up in the introduction, but uh, just to go further in terms of writing my newest book, because I really thought that I was finished writing after uh, the second one, at least finished writing books, mm. but after I had been through um, my coach training and working with clients, and I had some really big personal insights myself that actually 
kind of rocked my world. I really started to see things very differently, and it happened in a moment when I just had one of those aha insights. And after that happened, and, you know, months after that, I just realized that I had more to share with parents. So I was very inspired to write that book. I share things that I didn't share at all in my first two books because I didn't know them. And I just thought this this really has to get um, get out. So when I uh, said, you know, tell me about yourself, it's it's really your life coaching and your mentorship towards other moms. The thing that I was talking about earlier about the mom who like just basically got her yearly evaluation done mm-hmm. and was told, you know, that she didn't make any success was pretty bummed out. And mm-hmm. really didn't know, didn't feel like there was any way to go forward on it. And yeah, quite often people talk about making the, you know, okay, you got this challenge, make your lemons into lemonade. But why is your kid a lemon in the first place, right? Why, why are we approaching it that way? Why is she only being told what he didn't do or what he can't do? rather than focusing a bit on, you know, what successes he has made. Even the fact that he went into the doctor's office and sat there with him for an hour. I mean, that was a success in itself. And so Uh often, I think, you know, parents don't get a, especially moms, don't get a chance to feel positive. And so Uh what what was that life-changing event that made you start thinking in the direction of being more of a mentor or of a life coach? Um, Maybe that's the wrong question. Maybe the question is, well, go ahead. ahead. (laughs) Maybe the question is, how do we make moms feel good about themselves so that they can be feel successful? Well, here's the, here's the thing about that. And here's, you know, comes into why I wrote this book. I think that if we understand that our experience is not based on the outside world, but it's an inside-out experience rather than an outside-in experience, Mm -hmm. if we understand that our experience comes from the energy of thought, which is constantly flowing through us, that means that our experience can change in the next moment and it does change and I think what happens is we think that we need things from the outside world to be a certain way and then we can feel good and Mm -hmm. then we can feel happy and then we can feel peaceful but that's a very innocent misunderstanding that's actually it's an innocent misunderstanding that's very much promoted in our world um But when we start to just get a glimmer that that comes from inside of us, inside out, not outside in, and that our experiences pass, and just around the corner of a crummy experience and a feeling bad experience is is a good one, Mm -hmm. because that's sort of our nature. Our nature is really to float. We float. We float up to the surface. And... You know, that's around the corner, and we don't even have to work hard for it. 
we, we don't even have to, to do all the things that we necessarily might think we need to do. Now, we can do them. We can go get our nails done and do all that, but <clears throat> our experience is really coming from within us. And <clears throat> that understanding doesn't mean that you're always going to be happy because we're humans. And again, our experience ebbs and flows and our feelings ebb and flow. But when we understand how the system works, it's kind of a game changer. And I think that's what happened with me. I, I began to deeply understand how the system works. And, now, and when not, you say the system, which system are we talking about? Are we talking about special ed systems, support systems, family dynamics, or our addiction to negative thinking? Which system are no, we I'm talking not- yeah, sorry about that. So I'm actually talking about the human experience. Mm-hmm. I'm actually talking about the, how the human system works. And the human system working inside out rather than outside in, that's huge. Because then we don't have to fix our child to feel good. We don't, have, we don't need for them to have a good evaluation to feel good. And I'm not saying we're always... We're going to always feel good anyway, but it's always available to us and that we're always going to bounce back. Like what you were talking about, resilience, that's part of the system, the human experience, the human system is that we're born resilient and we all have that in us. And so we're going to feel better later. We're going to feel better tomorrow because sometimes I think what happens when we get into our unhappy states is we globalize it to mean to feel like, oh, we're just going to be this way forever. We're never going to climb out of it. But really what happens is our experience ebbs and flows so much. And for us to notice that. We try and talk a lot about present moment awareness and being able to focus in on what's going on around you right now because the human mind is very addicted to thinking, is pretty consistently in a mode of thinking of the things that didn't work out, thinking of the things that are challenging. And when things go well, we accept them and we're happy that they go well, but we too often are waiting for the next negative event. And when somebody is under so much stress all the time, it's very hard for their brain to let go of the worry because they are afraid that if they let go of that worry, something really bad is going to happen. And so one of the issues that we have or one of the ideas that we've talked about on the show fits directly into what you're talking about is being able to focus on the moment because the, the past and the future, first of all, don't exist. They're not time frames that we can work within. And secondly, the, the past shows our sadnesses and our depressions. The future sh- tends to show our anxieties. And so when we can focus in on the f- present moment, we're a lot more likely to find some positivity and to be able to be resilient. But what happens with a lot of families that I work with is that they're so stressed out that they cannot see a time to let down or to feel good because they're afraid that if they do, they're not going to be supported. And that's a, that's a tough one 
because it's this weird cycle that they get themselves into. And I've been in myself in regards to problem situations where you can't, you do believe that that negative thing is going to be lifelong because you don't accept that life has both positive and negatives in it. And I think that's kind of a direction that you were talking is, you know, you also have to surrender to the, the idea that life is tough and there are things that go on and happiness is not something that is an all the time thing. Otherwise it would be hard to measure against. Now I don't mean to do all the talking, but we unfortunately have come to a break time and we'll be, we'll be right back with Gail. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be. And our goal is to assist your family in having the supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to seanservice at totalprograms.org. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, welcome back, everybody. This morning we are talking with Gail Noble, author and life coach and mom and sister of a child with autism. And it's interesting because my dissertation was on siblings and how they're affected as a brother or sister. And, you know, I, I there's another little story I want to talk about a little bit later, but that's in your book, Gail. But tell me a little bit about your experiences with your brother because that was your first experience with this world of disabilities yeah and that was that's interesting to talk about because I didn't have much of an experience um so my brother was born in 1960 and in the 60s it was recommended pretty routinely to institutionalize your child and that's what most parents did because that's what they were told was best 
Um, yep. And there just wasn't a lot of information and support for parents. So my parents really, really struggled. Um, they were ostracized in a lot of ways in our community and um, ended up, my brother went into an institution, I think I might have been five or six. So mm-hmm. I don't have a ton of memories of of him at our house, maybe just a little tiny bit. Uh-huh. Um, but for a long time in my childhood, I didn't really know what the name of the condition was that he had. It just sort of wasn't talked about. It was j- those were really different times, so things weren't out in the open like they are now. We did go well, and you visit knew my that, brother. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. going to say, you knew that he existed and you, you did see him. That must have been kind of a weird thing for you, too, as a sibling, to kind of know you had this brother out there, but he didn't live at home and you were kind of disconnected, in a sense, from him. What kind of, mm-hmm. uh, how did that affect you? Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was disconnected. Um we would visit him in the institutions he were, was at once in a while. It was upstate New York, which was a little far for us. Mm-hmm. And then we moved him out to Arizona a little bit after we moved out here. And we again, we would visit him. And I just began to be a little bit more interested, but still just a little fearful, I guess. I mean, we, mm-hmm. I didn't have any sort of relationship with him. And... Then when my my father was his guardian and when he was ill and knew that he wasn't going to be alive much longer, he assigned that role to me because my mother didn't want it. And then I became his guardian. And I actually hadn't seen him for a number of years because I was just kind of avoiding going there. Right. I was afraid to see what I thought Kyle would be like when he was an adult. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I was his guardian, and I was had to be make decisions and see him, and um, that's kind of when I got to know him a bit. And I wrote a little bit about that in my first book. So it's so, been an interesting so, process. Yeah, that issue of not knowing whether it's because your brother didn't live with you, or there wasn't a lot of time spent together. That is something that across the board so many families deal with. It's like, do I know what I'm doing? I don't feel competent. And one of the things that we found in the moms group was that the competency comes and goes where you feel like, okay, I got it down. I've got it figured out. And then all of a sudden something happens and you feel totally incompetent. You talked about in in your book a um, uh, situation where Kyle, and Kyle, by the way, is Gail's son. Uh, he is now 30? Thir- 35. 35. Um, mm-hmm. You had an experience with Kyle where on a typical day he would get into the shower when it was shower time, and on this particular day he didn't, and it caused a bunch of anxiety. Tell me a little bit about that story. Yeah, so... So he was having trouble getting in the shower, and yes, I, I was getting anxious. There was a, a time frame he was going to be picked up. I, you know, all the crazy thoughts go through your head. He, he this is going to start a trend where he doesn't want to get in. What are we going to do? Right. And and then I'm beginning to push him a little bit, and that never works 
because he's beginning to get more anxious and more definitive about not getting in. And then I really had a a moment where I could sort of see myself as if I was watching myself in a movie. It sounds strange. Mm -mm. But I just thought, this really isn't working. And I just stopped. I just stopped. And, And I had that moment that I didn't know what to do, like you were just talking about. As parents, we have that all the time. And the thing is, we don't have to be afraid of it. We really don't, because it's a good moment. The moment that we don't know what to do, if we don't make it mean anything about ourselves, that opens us up for new solutions. That's a space. And the space is where all the creative good stuff comes from, where you're not rehashing the stuff you've done before, but something Mm -hmm. new can come forth. And what happened for me was, you know what, I'm just going to lay some towels down and wash him right here in the middle of the bathroom. And that's okay. That, that could be okay for today. Is it something I want to do every day? No. But, but it's okay. But that solution was only available to me in that space of stopping and of not knowing and of saying, boy, I just, I don't know how, I don't know what to do. That's when and it to, came. And to be okay with that. You know, to say mm-hmm. it's okay not to know. It's interesting because what first comes up is that, you know, that that anxiety of, okay, oh my goodness, a whole new routine is going to start. I'm going to set up, if I do this, I'm going to set up a whole new thing for myself, which is going to be difficult. Not being in the present, but rather looking and, and living through those old experiences of, okay, what I've done this in the past, it's cause Kyle to start a whole new routine and that means I've got to change everything being so fearful of the future that you do you can become frozen but when you say to yourself hey you know what this is working for today and Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say that this is gonna be a forever thing but it's so hard to do that Gail it's so hard for I mean I'm telling you like you don't know but it's it's easy for us to say it on the radio show but it's the hardest thing for moms, and I'm going to keep saying moms because moms do the majority of the care provision. Dads love and care about their kids a lot, but moms do the majority. It's so hard for them to not fear, 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 fear fearful and to fear like oh, – I can't speak this morning, sorry – to feel <laughs> as though – you know, everything's going to collapse around them at any moment. You know, so many people have said, I feel like I'm that person spinning all the dishes and trying to make them, you know, make sure that none of them fall. Like when you've got somebody that, that that's that worked up, how do we move them towards, I mean, I love the way that your book was broken up because it's broken up to actually answer the question that I'm asking. It's broken up into like, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about how you approach something? Have you thought about your thought process? And my big struggle right now is wanting to help people distress without them feeling like they have to be the guru and without me feeling like I have to be the guru. Well, what I think it really comes down to is understanding. Less about... And this might sound counterintuitive maybe to what you're about or what I used to be about, but less actually about techniques and strategies and how-tos, but more about understanding. 
Because sometimes those techniques and strategies add another layer onto something that we think we are supposed to do, but we're not doing. Yeah, my strategy is more of surrender. It's not Mm -hmm. like, here, do this. It's to focus Mm -hmm. and observe uh, what you're actually caught up in. Mm -hmm. Being able Mm -hmm. to know to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's or or that you're allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's yeah, I think that's a bit of what my book was trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, when we come back to the shower story, I didn't try. it, It just evolved. I just noticed myself. And then I noticed myself stopping and not knowing what to do. But it really wasn't a process of... It, it it just it just flowed from from a natural state of being, and I think if we allow that a bit more, and not think it has to be a certain way or that we have to do this, but to know that that's available to us, that we have that that superpower that I call wisdom in the book, and that wisdom can bubble forth from us at any time. But one of the things wisdom loves is space. Wisdom loves when you don't know. Wisdom, and I talk about this in the book, that I don't know space, the space I was in with the shower. Wisdom loves that space. That's where the good stuff is. And so the more times when we could just become aware of, hey, I had something I needed to figure out, and... I didn't know what to do for a long time, maybe a day or a week or whatever, and then at some point, something came to me. So that's wisdom. That's wisdom. I was talking with a client who her daughter was struggling with getting in a vehicle to, it was a little girl, a young girl, getting in a vehicle to go to school. And again, the parents really got stuck with, not knowing what to do and she never going to get in the vehicle again and whatever. And she actually was reading my book and this very story was the topic that came up and they just decided to wait until an answer came to them and pretty soon something did and they tried it. I don't remember the details of it and it worked. Well, probably so for one, just being able to really look at what is going on around you and not being so caught up in what you're afraid is going to happen or what you're so fearful may uh, occur. And when you are caught up in all that thinking process and you start to realize, okay, I need to just accept what's going on in front of me, that actually brings you into the present and does allow you to... Well, for one, I talked about psychological flexibility to be able to loosen up a little bit and to not be so afraid to try something or to take a, a, a chance. As you know, chance taking can be very risky. And when you're living in a life where you're pretty stressed, when you are concerned quite often of your child's safety and well-being, you're afraid to try anything new because you're afraid that there'll be a failure. And when we return from our break, which we have now, we'll continue to the discussion of how we approach problems and how we approach our, our, our challenges. So we'll be right back. All right. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be. And our goal is to assist your family in having the supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to seanservice at totalprograms.org. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We're talking with Gail Noble, author of. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Author of Space of Love, and we're just been discussing this idea of of how do we help people to get through their problems and focus on on some goodness in their life, but allow that problem solving to occur occur I would say again in a a natural way without trying to force something you talked earlier Gail about an experience with your kiddo in the shower where you really even started to like push him in but whether we're physically pushing or we're trying to psychologically or socially push something it seems that quite often families that I'm working with it's not so much a technique that I'm looking for, it's more, it's a, it's a mindset of acceptance and being able to enjoy life without seeing your life as uh, a punishment. And a lot of times, a lot of families that I'm interacting with or, or working with they're just very, very unhappy. They're very, very stressed out. How, how do we move them? What's, what's your mind's thought around or your, your thoughts around moving somebody from a space where they are so caught up in all the different therapies, all the different challenges, complaints of people, embarrassments, judgments, that they have a very difficult time loving their kid. They just spend a lot of time taking care of their kid. I don't know if I'm making sense or not, but... Yeah, yeah, you are. I mean, I think 
what you're describing can be can be typical. I mean, there's a lot there in what you what you talked yeah. about. There's a lot of pieces. Um, in terms of acceptance, I mean, acceptance is such a buzzword, and it's such a journey. Acceptance is really a, a one a lifetime walk and a one moment at a time, and. Acceptance to me, you know, means a little bit more loving what is, a little bit less resistance, but you're still Mm going to get into resistance about things Mm -hmm. at times. I still do. You know, things relating to my son, I still do. Um, I think really understanding a little bit more about stress, um, because again, that whole inside out, outside in thing, we think that the stress comes from the child with autism. But the stress comes from your resistance to what is. The stress comes from your resistance to the moment. And so when you have a little moment where you appreciate your child for whatever reason, you look into their eyes, maybe they don't make eye contact very much like my son, and the moment that for whatever reason he's looking into my eyes and that that connection is there, in that moment, I'm just in the moment, like you said, and I'm appreciating and I'm loving and I'm not, I'm not resisting the, the whole experience. And then are, there are some of the other moments that you're in resistance. Um, your stress is your resistance. And it doesn't mean don't be resistant then. Because that's adding another layer. What it means, it's, a, it's an understanding. And that you can know that nothing has to change with your child for you to feel good with your child. Nothing. Doesn't yeah, mean I, you, wouldn't, you don't want thing, him to move along and to make progress. We still work with my son on a lot of things that we hope he makes progress with. But as you understand understanding is so huge, then ultimately I don't need him to do anything for me to feel good. My feeling good is going to ebb and flow regardless. Yeah, we try and, and look at, you know, I have a daughter who's typically developing and she has her ups and downs and I, we try and focus on accepting what is going on in the current day and and yes there's always a desire for progress I think that a big part of what happens with a lot of our families is that the stress becomes so overwhelming because they can't get into acceptance and acceptance doesn't mean uh, oh I accept my kid has autism and he's always going to be this way I don't think anybody is anything because they have autism. I think everybody has a personality. Everybody has their ways of doing things. And, yeah, autism does change things. But you don't know Kyle any different than who Kyle is. And you've never met a different Kyle. You've only known him as your son. And when you accept that this is the kiddo, I have. This is what he's able to do. This is what he's. This is what his challenges are. 
you don't constantly put yourself into this mode of having to prove yourself or having to uh, uh, um, deflect judgment. Instead, and I, and I think that you show this in your book also, that you can look at your life for what it is and accept each moment because you never know what's going to come around the corner. And it could be, you talked about it, a sense of detour. You know, we're all on these life paths. And with acceptance and commitment therapy, for one, and when I talk about acceptance, it's really broken into two areas. We have life values that are the what we value in life. It's our big, you know, like we want to be good parents. That's a life value. But a committed action towards that might be to accept what occurs on a particular day without having to change it, uh, to work on a certain particular you know, life goal. But those committed actions, those are temporal, where the value of being a good parent or accepting your child for who he is, that's a lifelong thing. And I think that when you were writing your book, you were expressing different periods of your life and what you've gone through. And you even talked to me about one point with your daughter and and that she, because you had to take over your brother's care, she might be concerned about taking over her brother's care. And a lot of families deal with these ongoing fears. I think that you've given the reader a chance to be able to trust themselves. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people don't, you know. It's hard to trust yourself when you don't feel like you know what you're doing. You know, we talk about feeling incompetent, but then also trusting yourself. So it's a hard combo. And fortunately, we only have a couple minutes left of the show. But, you know, yeah, when I, you're... I, I, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I think there there is a big piece there with trusting yourself because we're sort of taught that other people are the experts and we aren't. Right. But really, we I, I'm a firm believer that we are the expert in, when with regard to our child with autism, definitely. And I think understanding that superpower that I talk about in the book of wisdom and that we that's available to us. That's always available to us. Does that wisdom come with time, or does that wisdom come from patience, or where does the wisdom come from? Wisdom is built into the fabric of us as human beings. Okay. It's there. Um, We're just not always aware of it, but but it's, it's when you find a solution to something that you previously didn't have a solution to, or it's when you get inspired to talk to somebody who, um, you know, this might not be their, this might be their field of expertise. It's not, wisdom doesn't mean you're the expert on every single little detail thing, but it means that you know where to go when it's time, you know, to ask for some help or to look something up online. Like it's, that's your wisdom that's guiding you to take all those baby steps. And and that's knowing about that is kind of like having like a little magic stone in your pocket as far as I'm concerned. 
because it's there. And I don't know how much time we have, but I had a very powerful experience when it comes about wisdom. And I, I wish that we time. did have more time, okay. but we're, we're, we're at the end of the show. Okay. And, but sure, we can okay. think about doing this again another time. Gail, I really okay. want to thank you because that stone in the pocket is your book. And that book is going to allow more moms, more people to accept their world and to feel good about themselves. So I want to thank you for being on the show today. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. And we'll see you again next week. And please do remember that your life is filled with good solutions and remember that on strategies and solutions living the challenge with dr sean we're about your success and know that each day can bring a new future you dream of having in your life see you next time blessings thanks so much for listening to solutions and strategies with dr sean living the challenge Be sure to join us again next Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.